something I titled when the minister becomes a burden when the minister become a burden when the minister become a burden let me start from where Pastor Kola ended last week which we reiterate, can we turn our Bible to Ephesians chapter 5? Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are in the light. But now you are light in the Lord. Work as children of light. Let me read it again. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Work as children of light. And let me just... put some thought here that in him that is in the Lord our identity is revealed. Are we together? This scripture says that we were once in darkness but what happened to us? We have now a new identity in him. He said but now you are what? Light. That's a new identity. But now that new identity is revealed in him. He said, you are light in him, not outside him. So what we can say is that, that in the Lord, our identity is revealed. In the Lord, our identity is revealed. And our identity Reveal our what? Ministry. That is in our identity. Our ministry is revealed. And that's why he said, after saying that, but now you are light. Where? In the Lord. That is your identity now is light. But now, the next sentence says, walk as what? As children of light. He's trying to tell you that this is how you should exhibit. In other way, he's just trying to let you to know that this is your ministry. This is your purpose. To shine as light. So our identity which was revealed in him now also reveal our ministry. Also reveal our purpose. And so, and that means our ministry is that of shining. So, so our ministry is that of shining. But wait, shining what? What are we shining? What are we shining? 
shining the light. That's our ministry. Shining the light. But what light? That's the question again. What light? Christ. The light of man. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. In him is what? Life. And that life was what? The light of man. We were in darkness. When light came to us, we become light. And then we leave light. And we shine light. The light we receive, our ministry is to shine it. Hallelujah. And we ended last week and saying, don't say again, I don't know my ministry. Or I am going to one mountain to pray for God to reveal my purpose. We said that your purpose, your ministry is revealed in your identity. And as we have said, this is our ministry to make the light known. Are we together? To make Christ known and to establish him. In the life of man. Both evangelism and discipleship is so much here. Are we together? That is, we made him known and then we establish him through the doctrine, through teaching in the life of man. That's our ministry. Your ministry will, is not your career you can God can use that you understand in order for you to minister hallelujah so this ministry is not for some people this ministry is not for some people we've had normally in church, they say those who are called into ministry should come. No, 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 no. That is not correct. Every believer is a minister of God. A call to salvation is at the same time a call to ministry. Did you hear what I said? A call to salvation is at the same time a call to ministry. You are not saved to come and sit down. Are we together? For we are God's workmanship. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. He said created. That word created means recreated in Christ Jesus. That is regenerated in Christ Jesus. To come and sit down? No. He said to do the good works which has been foreordained for us to do. That is the ministry. And this scripture 
is 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 is verse 14 thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus I love that sentence he said and it make manifest the fragrance the savour of his knowledge by us in every place if we are not careful to point us to some things then this ministry will become ineffective this ministry that God has given us whether you are a lawyer a doctor whether you are a student growing to become a lawyer whether you are an engineer we have the same ministry but that ministry can suffer that ministry may become ineffective if this issue this is one of the issues we didn't settle it and that's why I titled it when the minister now we have understood that all of us are ministers are we together but when the minister become a burden that's a problem instead of a burden bearer the minister has become a burden the ministry will suffer and that is the story of a lot of us and I am not going to take it lightly with us so just prepare because it's better we address this issue now I've already seen so much now and I tell you the truth if you don't take care of what I am, we are saying now, I don't think you are likely even your Christian life to continue. Because these days we have found a, a way of separating our ministry and our Christian life. Are we together? Because you can't separate them. Ministry is just an overflow of your life. Are we together? So, if there is a problem in your life, there is a problem in ministry. Let's start with that scripture in Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 34. Verse 34 to 35. He said, yes. I'm reading from New King James. He said, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities. This is Paul speaking. He was speaking to the elders of the church in Ephesus before he left for Jerusalem where then he was captured and he begins to suffer his days in prison. Are we together? So, as on his way to Jerusalem, he now gathered them to give them a farewell message and charge them again. He said, yes, you yourself know that these hands have provided for my necessity, that is, for my needs and for, the, and for those who were with me. So, not just only Paul was working not only for him, for himself, 
but what he was earning was able to support those who are with him. Verse 35. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. I remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9. Glory to Jesus. Verse 9. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil. For laboring night and day. This is not prayer. This is not laboring in prayer. Are we together? This is laboring with his hand as his trade, a skill. Are we together? It's not mourning and that's all. No. It's what? Night and day. That we might not be a burden. That we might not be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel. We labor. The reason why we are labor because as we preach the gospel to you, we don't want to become a burden to you. We don't. We don't. Let's go back to where my sister read in chapter 2. I mean, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. It's good to read scripture again and again. Amen? Hallelujah. Yes. Verse 6. Let me read it in that version she read. In uh, NIV. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you. <laughs> when you hear Paul say we command, this is not an opinion. No. Brothers and sisters, to keep away. <laughs> Something just dropped in my thought. This is brothers and sisters. We don't have transgender here. Did you understand what I'm saying? There is no in the middle. Okay, let me just continue first. Brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer. That means there are believers that are idle. We say keep away from believer, every believer that is idle and disruptive and do not live according to the teaching you receive from us. Verse 7. For you yourself know how you ought to follow our example. He said we, we are not idle. When we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. Brethren, watch out for those people whom you are doing business they want to eat without paying. 
say, you know, my, you are my sister. Mercy, don't agree. Oh. <laughs> when we are with you, we never, we never eat anything from you that we didn't pay. He said, on the contrary, he said again, look at it again. He said, we walked night and day. Laboring and toiling. I want you to understand that word, laboring and toiling. You understand? See, this place is a place of training. In the structure of God, the church is a seminary. That's where you are trained. When I see some of us, huh, just to stand, how old are you? If your shoe is giving you a problem, remove it. You are in the presence of God. Don't kill me. No. It's affecting your worship. Don't wear anything that will, that will make you not to express yourself in the presence. If you understand what Jesus has done. Oh God. Oh God. I, I hate laziness. I tell you the truth. If there must be anybody that is hardworking, must be, should be a believer. He has a double advantage. Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. And the grace that was put upon me, that is upon me, is not in vain. That's what he said. He said, but I labor more than them all. He said, yet not I, but the grace of God that is upon me. If you, you, are, you have double advantage. Verse 9. He said, we did not, I mean, we did this not because we do not have the right to such help. He said, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. Look at how the apostles have gone. He said, for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to walk, what shall happen to him? He should not chop. Don't be feeling somehow, eh, am I doing the. Now you know. You know, a sister and a brother is. Uh, is idle, does not want to walk but want to chop. Give her this scripture. You must walk to be able to eat. He said, We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. And that's it. Because if you are idle, you will be disruptive. 
They are not busy. They are not busy. Because Paul shows us that they were laboring night and day. These people are not busy. But they are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge you in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and end the food day. What? We urge you. We urge you in the name of Je Look at it. Oh. We urge you in what? In the name of Jesus Christ. To settle down and eat the food. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never be tired of doing good. So don't allow these people who have taken advantage of you stop you from doing good. Just become wise and look out for them tomorrow. Did you understand what I'm saying? If somebody has scammed you because you people have done that, well, you see, I just wonder how you will squander a serious relationship there is some i have established relationship in this church that i cannot trade it for anything never except you do not understand the value of relationship but we see people just you just come and be dishonest with brothers and you go away those of us who have been scammed who have been duped just because of your compassion. You understand? Just learn. But refuse to say, I will not help anybody again. No, that's not the right spirit. The right spirit is that learn from the experience and mark the attitude of those people who are idle. You understand? Next time when they come, don't just give, ask them questions. Say, okay, brother, go. I will think and pray about it. Don't just say, I'm praying. No, I will think and pray about it. You know, you know, believers don't think. You understand? I would think and pray about it. Think and ask brethren, who is this brother? He must have gone to another brother already and done the same thing. He said, take special note of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter. And do not hesitate with them in order that they may feel ashamed but do not that's the caution there regard them as an enemy they are not our enemies but warn them as you will a fellow brother amen hallelujah such powerful instruction i want to tell you so much that so that you will not be a burden because it's, it's ineffective for ministry. It will hinder you shining the light. In many ways, Apostle Paul said, night and day. And we saw that this is what he did. Remember, Apostle Paul was a tent maker. Are we together? In the business of his day, he was practicing his trade. You understand? Know that some of us, we have gone even just schooling, just have lectures, two hours, two hours, and you return, hi, we have a terrible day. 
you will not read in the night until when exam they announce it you go and choking yourself in the in the library reading till the next morning and when you come in the examination hall your mind is blank because of stress you say they attack attack nobody attack you you attack yourself night and day why did they work hard night and day practicing their trades and that's the reason we are trying to talk about the apostle says i want to read it in amplify he said for you remember believers our labor and hardship he said we work night and day practicing our trade in order not that's the reason so that we will not become a burden to any of you while we proclaim the gospel we proclaim the gospel that's why we the gospel has suffered in our hands many of us immediately you just preach brother support the ministry what do you mean did i call you <laughs> that's why we spoil things you are becoming a burden to those people you are proclaiming the gospel to The reason they were working night and day was not that they just want to become rich and show it as a proof of God's favor upon our, their lives. You know, these days, what a carnality to think that the glory of God will be measured in, 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 in corruptible things. That is only when you, when you have some cars and money, that's when you think that the glory of God, what a shame. No. Redefine again why you are in school, why you are in a career. The essence is that you might be able to provide for your needs. That you might not become a burden to those you proclaim the gospel to. That's the essence. If that is your idea of prosperity, then I thumbs up to you. Because that is sound doctrine. And they were not neglecting their ministry. This is very important. They were not neglecting their ministry to seek money. That's the balance we want to put. You see, if the essence why you are laboring to look for the money is right. You will not abandon the real thing which you are looking for the money to do. Did you understand what I'm saying? The goal is not for them to make money. And that's just it. The goal is to make money to have their need made. To be able not to become a burden to those who they are proclaiming the gospel to. They were working hard to provide.
people their needs in order to make their ministry effective. Let me give you a picture of Paul's ministry. How effective this brother was. We already know that Apostle Paul was from Tarsus in Cilicia. Now in Turkey. Present Turkey. 13 books of the 27 books in the New Testament are generally attributed to who? To Paul. Over half of the content of the book of Acts deals with post life and ministry. Paul's and others who were influenced by him were responsible for nearly half of the New Testament. He founded a lot of churches in Asia Minor and at least three in Europe. Among them is a Corinthian church. He traveled with his companions, sometimes on sheep, on foot, on donkeys. They travel. But some of us, what are we gathering our money for? Why won't you be depressed? Because you don't have a reason for living. Last week, no, yeah, last week, today is the, the first day of the week. In our cell group, we, we were reading something we call living hope. Are we together? That one of the strong call, I want to advise you, you can't grow like this by just coming um, Sunday, Sunday. Did you understand what I'm saying? Your growth must be systematic. Your growth must be consistent. Understand? It's not an overnight process. And that's why you need sound doctrine. Listen, we said in him our identity is revealed. Are we together? We are established in him only by the knowledge of him. Did you understand what I'm saying? You don't grow by any kind of thing. It's by him you grow. Peter told us that grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. These are not two things. So growing in grace is the same thing as growing in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you grow. In his knowledge. You don't do that in one day. And one meeting. Or you come today, you will never come again till an, another Sunday. No. Sound doctrine is what keeps you standing when everything is collapsing. We saw that living hope is a hope we have in Christ. Because it's a hope that is on tangible, real thing that lasts forever. 
That's why we read that scripture in 1 Corinthians 15. It is verse 19. He said, if our hope in Christ is in what? In this life. We are what? We are of all more men most miserable. What does that mean? He's trying to say that to put hope on a dead hope is misery. Because everything on earth and in this place that you are seeing eh, is dead. Is just waiting for an appointed time. The day the believer leaves this place, that is when the Holy Spirit leaves. Because he is in us. Once we are taken away, he takes away. They put a sign for demolition. So, you better use the resources that are tangible to acquire that is untangible. Are we together? So, I tell you the truth. The reason for depression is hoping on dead hopes. But there is a living hope. Are we together? Which is forever. Three things last forever. He said hope, faith, and love. The hope we have lasts forever. That's why it's called living. And so what are we saying? We are saying here that as you walk, the essence is that you might not become a body. Your responsibility will grow. Your needs will grow. Are we together? But do you have the capacity to provide for such needs? And so you cannot have excuse. I am busy. And that's why I, I have problem with my church. Odyssey. Apostle Paul, we saw him. He labored day and night. That was not in prayer. That was in his business. Yet, he didn't lose sight. He was not distracted by that. Because the essence of that is found in his ministry. So, while we often talk about Apostle Paul's ministry and revelation, we enjoy it in the sun. But we don't always talk about how he supported his ministry. We don't always talk about that one. And you cannot disconnect the effectiveness of Apostle's ministry from his commitment to actually providing for his needs. I was sharing with some of our brothers. I said, if you think, eh, imagine this my wonderful daughters eh, that they do not understand anointing. They don't care how you are feeling. You understand? Daddy, see. Mommy, indomie. Anything she can think, conflicts, 
fish. Uh -huh. That's the last, the last time. She came. My queen didn't buy the fish yet. She was planning to go and buy it because she buy some quantity. She kept disturbing that night. Mommy fish. Mommy fish. She does not care whether you have it or not. Imagine the man of God does not have all that it takes. You understand? To cater for the family. And then you are coming that he should cancel you. And maybe in the next two to three days, the landlord is coming to ask him for rent. You think you will find me at home? You see, we had this issue of what to do to be able to meet the needs can affect ministry. Some of us, how we sit down to read, to study, to be able to preach, it cannot be possible. We tell you this because we want you to see that that is it. Sometimes we spend throughout the week. There are some, in the days of catatismo, it took me almost a month to prepare that study. We did in catatismo. I was not doing anything. You think I don't, if I don't have a neat mat, you think I will, I know you will see me there. You will not see me there. Brother, if you will ensure that your ministry is effective, then you must ensure you develop capacity to provide for your needs. Very important. Don't just be, uh, the Lord will provide. You see, the Bible reveals how the Lord will provide. It doesn't reveal, I mean, it doesn't provide for idle people. You understand? So don't be shouting grace, grace. The real man of grace, that's where we are studying him. Because there's nobody that has preached grace like Paul. The doctrine of grace is all what we, he has. Through him, we've seen it. So he knows it. I have already told you even a scripture already. That which he said, I am what I am. By what? And the grace that was placed upon me, it was not in vain. That means if you claim of grace, 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 then we should see a product of it. And he said, what is the product? He said, I labor. Grace is not anti-work. Are we together? No. It's not antagonistic to work. But it makes the work suiting. It makes the work meaningful. Did you hear what I said? Work, grace is not against work, but it only makes the work what meaningful. Why your work tomorrow will matter before God is because you are in grace. Did, did you understand what I'm saying? Why your work God will consider it fruitful is not because you have done it plenty, no, it's because you are in what in Christ that is, you are in grace. Let me show you this scripture. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. 
<laughs> I want you to have a change of mentality about work. Hallelujah. So that even if you are laboring for him and in him, you will be at peace. Verse 58, he said, Therefore, my brothers or my brethren, be steadfast, immovable. He said, always excelling, abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? He said, knowing that your labor is not in vain. We are in the Lord. That means because you are in the Lord, your labor is fruitful. And the Lord did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Always, there must be a regard on your person before your works is accepted. So what makes work meaningful to us believers as we walk, whether in the what we call secular or inside here, is because it is meaningful. But you are outside Christ, I tell you, you will labor, your labor is in vain. You will come in the last day, you say, I have done this, I have done this. You say, get away. I do not know you. Because you are workers of iniquity. Listen, I don't know you. That means you must be known by the Lord for your work to matter. You must. You must be known by the Lord for your work to matter. I'm just looking for a place for us to stop. Because we cannot finish all this. Undoubtedly, the apostles have support from the generosity of believers. That's the truth. As you continue to labor, still there will be support in the ministry. Are we together? But that is not a yastic for you to stop doing whatever you are doing. We are coming to a place where I will show you something. But you work hard to provide his need. He was a businessman. I want you to take note of that. He was a businessman, a tent maker. A tent maker. God didn't call him into this. I want you to know this. Are we together? That is not his calling. So don't just come and say, me, I have been called into business. Did, did you know what I'm saying? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you hear what I'm saying? We have already clarified. See, that's what is the reason why I'm repeating, repeating because so that it will enter you. Yes, because if it enters you, then you will be entering. This was not, he just chose it to be able to do something to meet up his needs. That was what he can be able to offer to solve a problem. There was a problem as a den. People needed tent making. And we saw also Aquila and Priscilla, they are also like Paul. You understand? And sometimes they, they combine. And that's why we, we have what we call partnership. Believers can come and join together and do some certain work to give them more profit. You understand? But they knew this is not their calling. They are doing this to be able to support the ministry. We said 
the ministry of the believer is revealed in his identity. Glory to Jesus. The unfortunate thing is that many believers today are buttons. Many are parasites to those they minister. It's unfortunate. And we must frown at it because it's one of the things that brought corruption into the gospel. I don't know whether you've once encountered these people. Once you give them an opportunity to minister, they begin to disturb you, begging, please, sow seed into my ministry. If you do, you'll be blessed. I believe you are blessed by my ministry. Please sow into my ministry. So we, we cajole, we coerce people. Before you understand what is going on, they begin to see something and prophesy. Suddenly, where there is nothing, I see God lifting you to unimaginable heights in your workplace. You are moving to the great pedestal. Yes, <laughs> he is giving you the milk of Gentiles. <laughs> All these grammars. <laughs> If you want your ministry, your ministry can be effective like this. When hunger is your motivation to prophesy. You can't be effective like that. You will be frustrated, stranded and strangulated. I tell you the truth. No. Please note this. And that's why it's very important for you to get this. In the real sense, as we've said, that prophecy was not from the Holy Spirit. Such believers again they have borrowed money from many people to the extent that they are now running. Nobody is pursuing them. When they see you, they just move the other way. Why? How can you be effective to those you minister to? Borrowing from them, all getting money, all kinds. Everybody is, is actually, what, what is the meaning of that? If they ask any brother, I say, oh, so you, you also have a problem with him for money. 
Abba. How can you preach here and anybody hear you? How? Ministry becomes ineffective when you are a burden to the people you are ministering to. It's a burden. You become a burden. It becomes ineffective. You can't speak about Christ. You understand? When you are a burden, you become a cover to the light instead of the one who shines the light. You become a cover. Hunger can induce you to handle the word of God deceitfully. All this quotation of scripture upside down, you understand, is a result of hunger. All this classification, there is seat offering, lifting offering, sitting offering, prophet offering, anointing offering. Every offering you have classified because you have even exhausted all the terminologies. The greatest of contribution from people to your ministry will be when the Holy Spirit is the one who prompts men to do it. You'll be surprised as what men would do. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. You must work to ensure your needs are met. If you want to be effective in preaching Jesus to this generation. We have said, that is your ministry. You don't have any ministry, sir. Ma, you don't have any ministry. The ministry is shining the light. Which light? Christ. That's all. It's what you receive, you give. Are we together? That's your ministry. So stop all this, uh, I am called to be an entrepreneur. Me, I'm not called to be an entrepreneur. What is the meaning of that? You understand? I ask many people. You understand? You say, me, I'm called to be a pilot. 200 years ago, were they anything like pilot? So how come did you receive your, your, your calling? Um, <laughs> new generation calling. <laughs> but our calling... Is before the world began. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. I want to charge you. Don't be idle. You are a student. I, saw, I, I, I often see a lot of you. Some of you are lazy. Very, very lazy. We won't spare you the rod. Many believers caught all kinds of scriptures to excuse their laziness and idleness. God will provide. 
in the days of his power, the people shall be willing, willing to do what? <laughs> to give you money. God doesn't provide for the lazy, the idle people. Only laborers are worthy of their wages. If the people you are ministering to are just a few, for example, a small church, you cannot expect them to supply all your needs. No! You will certainly be a burden to them. And also a burden to your life and ministry. You should go and walk to earn a living while you minister. When the ministry grows and the labor becomes enormous that you cannot combine with your other work, then your needs can be supplied by those you minister to without any problem. Because as you grow in ministry, and as the work become enormous, God raises men that will fill that other gap so that to give you more opportunity for the gospel. But before then, this is what you should do. And that applies to all of us who are in church now. Even if you are not a pastor, you are not holding any church. You understand? We come to choir, you understand? We come to Bible study and all that. We say we are laboring here. The Lord shall provide our need. Okay. The people or you are head of um, a cell and your members are eight. You want them to come out and solve all your needs? No. Labor that you might not be a burden to them. Are we together? Labor that you might not be a burden to them. To minister without becoming a burden to those you minister to, you must walk. Walk. Don't be lazy. You understand? Don't be lazy. We're here to rebuke. We're here to correct. Most of us, why people dupe us into this town is because we are lazy. You don't have an excuse once you can read and write and you have a phone. You don't have an excuse. The same information, even the agent that brought you is a daft. He's not as intelligent as you think. He can be able to play something you can look online. I don't know what you are searching and you go to Facebook, you spend your time there. What's the meaning of that? Learn! If you are duped, don't be duped again. That's why we are here to be, to be corrected. If you have been duped before, say I will not be duped again. I'm wise now. All of us are failing one way or the other. There's no shame in what you have done and you have failed. Then leave it. Look for the future. What else again? Don't come again and continue in that length of journey. We are lazy to read. A small information we are not. You only want all those videos in uh, TikTok. <laughs> then they pass. There another one. That's a few, few minutes. Because you cannot endure. You cannot endure reading. 
sahibi 